Vad Shvi Hakar Satov, we're going to finish up the 7th and 8th Vad. Like I said, a little bit shorter tonight, but I don't want to go into the Amun Vadim because already it's going to be a whole separate thing. And therefore, we are on Reish Pei Dalid. Oid Leiloka Milin Be'inyan Ha'hayda. I'm not sure exactly how to touch Oid Leiloka, but anyway, we're going to, I guess maybe because he's talking about Hakar Satov towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we're going to mention a couple of other words with regard to Haida. I meant to bring the Rav Shwab on Yeshayahu, and I forgot. It's talking about when Chizkiyahu Melech was ill and recovered. It's also Gemar Brachis. Letter from Chizkiyahu when he was a king of Yehuda, when he was ill, and then he recovered. I thought that I was going to go in, uh, you know, down to my demise. And ultimately, he was redeemed. So Rav Rishwab explains that Chadal is a Chadal means to stop or to cease. Chalit is the earth, so it's like a play on words because people in this world are ultimately in a limited time frame. And he, uh, so anyway, like I said, I meant to bring it. There was some interesting tidbits over there. But the bottom, what we're going to focus on over here is it says Amarti Loi Era Hashem. I thought that I would not see Hashem anymore. What does it mean to see Hashem? You can't obviously see Hashem. Says the Radak, Amarti Loi Era Hashem, Perish Rabbeinu Sadia, Inyan Haheda. How do you see Hashem in this world? How do we relate to Hashem? That is through Haida. Vinochinhu, Kiraois Hakel, Huha Haida. Seeing Hashem in practical terms means gratitude. Vashevach and praise Lafanov, Vizboinen Bidrachov and reflection on his ways. Which means, similar to what we've been saying before, right? You could see the same thing, but if 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 you do something for me and I see it through the lens of entitlement versus I see something through the lens of your chesed, through something I don't deserve, then I'm not be'etzem looking at the same action. One action is an act of chesed, one action is an act of payment, one action is an act of pity. If you look to the core of what an action is, then it goes deeper. What defines the action goes deeper than the action itself. So he says, if a person wants, to, we actually can't. We obviously can't see Hashem. What we see is Hakadosh Baruch Hu's interaction with us, the dynamic, the way that we relate to Hashem, the way that He relates to us. And therefore, if we uh, we balanced out uh, on one side of the scale is Haida, and the other side is entitlement. So because we obviously don't deserve anything, even to the extent that we do mitzvahs, who, like, like we said earlier, based on the medrash, who gave us the house? All of a sudden, you put a mezuzah on, that's wonderful. You put a mezuzah, who gave you the house? It's wonderful you put on fillin, who, who gave you the arm, right? So, and that's where we did something right. But in any event, the more that you look at things through the eyes of entitlement, the more that you see you, the more that there's no room for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak. This matter can't be exchanged for gold. It means this statement is priceless. Harei Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who kel mistater Hakadosh Baruch Hu is hidden. V'yoshev b'seiser elyon, and he's sitting in a hidden place. B'tzel shakai yisloinon um b'amen nira oisai b'reiya mamish kviyachol. What is the clearest perception of how we relate to Hakadosh Baruch Hu that we see Hashem in our lives? Zehu inin oda. This is the inin of oda. If you want to see clearly the con- in context everything that goes on around you, it is through the lens of of Haida. Okay.
We don't have the words even to draw out, meaning uh, to draw out the Mayim Chayim from this, to even express it. I guess maybe it makes more meaning if you've been through the six Vadim in the introduction, so then this will make more sense. The pieces will fit into place. Not that we're going to review them all now, but go back. Right, we said earlier the way that you relate to things. There, there's always there's the the R and the Kli. We're just talking about the Gemara. Right, the if you view the the pleasure that you have in life, the bracha that you have in your life, is it something that's self-generated? Is it something that you're entitled? The more that you think that you're relating to the world in a different way. If when you open up your eyes, you say anything from the fact that you can move your limbs to the fact that your eyes work, where did that come from? The first word he's going to say in a second, the first word that comes out of our mouth is that I'm not entitled to life. Right? This frames out our entire day, the dynamic, and it's in a human way and it's in a Jewish way. Right, the, the, we, we mentioned before Rav Brevda's Haggadah and right other Haggadahs also that they frame out what Chayrus is being an Ever Hashem. Right, that's the true Chayrus, understanding that dynamic. Why? Well, yesterday you were an Ever of Power, now you're an Ever of Hashem. So I think we spoke about it in the Pesach Shirim. But so maybe is it just that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is a a big powerful force? You know, Kivayachol, Kivayachol. That that because more powerful us, we're an eved. No, ultimately the core of Avoda is rooted in Hakar Satov. Really, if we would understand this, it would be it would be self generated, right? The Chovas Alavavas talks about it in Shara Shara Bachina Shara Avodas So he says a person that never really opened his eyes to see the world through this lens of Hakar Satov Lo Yavinzo said Kamish Narchav Beer. He doesn't understand how much of an explanation it needs. It's it's uh he he's fundamentally living in a different universe. It's not a matter of uh, how much. It's a matter of if, right? A, a person that has never had this feeling of akar satov, I'm doing better than I deserve, right? In other words, just this this power dynamic. You know what we discussed before. He's not going to get it. He doesn't get it. A person that recognizes the good, and he, so to speak admits, he subscribes to it, he appreciates it, not just appreciate in terms of thank you, but appreciate in terms of value, in terms of acknowledging, right, not just knowledge, but acknowledgement. Then he sees, in other words, it's like, I mean, even just think about it, a person goes through some ups, some downs, some rights, some lefts, he goes through a difficult situation, and then at some point something happens where, if a person's open to this, presumably everybody's had this at some point in their life, all of a sudden, they look back and everything clicked. Things happened at exactly the right time, and it makes exact sense why it couldn't have happened earlier, and exact sense why it couldn't have happened later. And they realize that it wasn't even natu- a natural course of events. By all it means, and all is stadless, in a natural course of events, it shouldn't have happened this way, and somehow things just clicked exactly right. It, it, when, you, when you realize that, you all of a sudden you're overwhelmed, you're overcome. Halavai, that if a person would write this down, they would understand this more, so then it would give them uh, a feeling of bitachin, of security going forward. A person who's never had this feeling in their life, then there's something that they're missing out on in terms of understanding their place in the world. Reus hakel hi ha Seeing, understanding this dynamic between you and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is hoida. 
Last week we talked about Hodah, the meat of Hodah, not only to people, but to HaKadosh Baruch Hu also. Again, in a certain sense, you know, it's a little counterintuitive. You would say, listen, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the all-powerful, the all-knowing. I thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But people, what do I owe you? In a certain way, you could say really the opposite, right? We all grow up, we owe our, par- our parents, right? I'm saying, well, for whatever else they've done, just to raise us, just to, you know, in a, in a, in a physical way that we, we, we were fed and we were changed and bathed, and you go through. If a person can't understand what's been done for them in an everyday way, whether people have gone out of their way, you know, etc., then how it's that much harder to have this relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is that much more abstract. So we talked about developing the Midah in an outward sense, regardless of whether the object of that is a person or HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now we were talking about it specifically towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So this that we just said is enough to inspire you to continue to stay the path and to work on HaKar Zatov. Vad Shmini, the last Vad in this set. All of our all of our business, everything that we are Isaac in, everything that we're toiling in, that we're busy with in this world, is only towards Hoda. Right? Then I am moide to a kaddish baruch hu. Hamila rishona sheishudi yomer bekitzu babayker moide ani lefanecha moide ani. Even before you go to the bathroom, you can say it. it doesn't say shem hashem over there. The first word on your lips is moide ani. Have a yomer akaras ha'tayva va'uda ena midas tayvis ba'alma. Right? There's there's different things that I, I think we mentioned. Maybe not over here. There's different types. There's different types of midos. There's midos that are things that you do. Behaviors. There's midos that go to the core of who you are that need to find expression. There's things that really define you, right? The example that we gave, I think, from the Chovas Hatalmidim is let's say, you know, when you bundle together the midos, sometimes you might say anger. Being an angry person is a mida, right? But what that really means is that you have, I think, I don't know if I mentioned here, it means that you have a low threshold for getting angry, for reacting when things don't go your way. Let's say a person who just for some reason lived in a super peaceful way, you know, nothing ever bothered him, right? He won't walk around and be like, I need something to get angry at. The, the, the midah of anger means that he has a low threshold that's reactive, but it doesn't mean that he need, feels the need to express that. It's just it sort of like defines where he's holding in a particular circumstance. Let's say you have a person that's a chacham, right? And he's surrounded by people who are unintelligent or, or you know, whatever. He will feel a need, right? I, I don't want to play, you know, hangman. I don't know. Like, like he wants to play, I don't know, a crossword puzzle or sudoku. He wants to express it. He, 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 he needs, it needs to find expression. It's part of, it's more part of who, who, who he is, right? So there's different types of midos that express themselves in different ways and also require a different path towards working on those midos. Lutav Right? So it fundamentally rates. So over here he says that Hoda, a person that's a, an appreciative person, I know that that doesn't do justice to the Midah of, of Hoda, but a person that has Hoda, that's not just like reminding the kid to say thank you. Oh, you should recognize somebody did something for you. It's, it, it goes to the fundamentals of how a person relates to the world. It's, it's who the person is, right? Whether or not you're, you're, you're entitled, whether or not you have hoda to other people, you have a kar satov, says kim zeu ikar neshama. Not only that, this actually goes to your neshama. The, our neshama is the one that's, you know, driving the bus. The guf is the bus. The neshama is the, your, your personality. Hakar satov, hoda, goes to the core of, of your actual identity.
as you relate to yourself, as you relate to the world. We, we have this in many places, in Shabbat, right? I think it is, right? We have this, this string of discussion about what are chiyuv, chayvaz kol what's number one? L'haydais. That forms the basis. Afterwards, you can talk about shevach and whatever it is. You can't approach avoda unless you have l'haydais. V'zois noisaf. This is in addition, I'll call the reshiros, the sishpachais, it's as if every person needs to write his own Sefer Tehillim. In other words, this is we use Tehillim as a vehicle, which is its own shear and its own discussion about using the the shvachim, the shvachas of, of David Melach as a vehicle to express herself. But al kol Besides, for that Tehillim, we first have a chiyuv of chayvas kol yitzurim lahaydeis lahalashabeach. We have to write our own sefer Tehillim, and number one is lahaydeis. At the root of all avoda, at the root of all relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu comes hayda. We, we say this lashon in several places. We say there is in this order. That number one of all expression of praise, etc., vis-a-vis Baruch Hu, even before any formalized prayer, is to be a bal haida. This goes, when we work on this, I guess you could say you could fake it till you make it. In other words, just because you don't feel it doesn't mean you have to do it. But this goes to the core of the Neshama, the way that you relate to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the way that you relate to people, right? the more that you're, again, the opposite of this is entitlement. So then the less is batless you have to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, the less that you're operating as a Neshama, the Neshama, Haida goes to the, you can't escape working on that. That's not like, I'm work, I work on Hoda tomorrow. You, you, without Oda, then you don't have a basis of Avodah. You see the depth of the of the appreciation, the understanding that those who formulated our prayer had. From the depth and the height at which they refer to Haida, if my mouth was full, if my mouth was full of Shira, like the ocean, like the sea. And our tongue had rina and song like the waves of the sea. And our lips had praise like the breadth of the heavens. And on. Right, I heard, I think from, well, who was it? Maybe from uh, Rav Abraham J. Tversky. I think he said, um, um, uh, um, yeah, he said, So, first of all, in our own frame of reference, we recognize, Kaddish Baruch Hu bailed me out. He was there for me every single point until now. So, it's a point of comfort. But I heard from, who was the um, the Baal Yashulchan, Rafael Cohen. So, I think there was an Yarchi Kala one time by a shul, and he, he wasn't, his program, but he spoke. And he mentioned, there's a Gemara in Brachus, I forget. I forget where. I forget. Maybe Rav Chaim I forget who it was. But it said that somebody was saying, "Akel, a god, a gibor vanaira." Fine. This, these are praises in the Torah. So the Torah is infinite. You can use those words as praise to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. But the person went on and on and on, and ultimately, whichever Tana it was, stopped him and said, "That's it." 
So, in other words, it, the praises that we have for that are part of Tyra, you could use because they're Tyra. But to give your own praises, no matter what you're going to say, no matter what you're going to say, it's not going to be enough. So he said, so when the person continued on, he said, that's it. So he said, why, why did the person wait until, why did this Tana wait until the end? Why didn't he just object immediately when the person was going past the, the formalized praises of a Kelgad Lagibonar? Said he was waiting to see whether or not the person would finish off and say, listen, you know, I, uh, I, I went on and I said whatever praises I could possibly say to the depth of who I am. But at the end, I ultimately acknowledged that then it would be okay. In other words, even if he would have gone on, but if he would have finished off and said, I feel a need to emotionally express, you know, all these praises for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but if he would have finished off and no matter what I could possibly say, it's not enough. So then that would have been okay. But once he didn't finish like that, so then it was a problem. But in any event... In any event, it says, We don't have a mouth as broad as the sea and so forth. At the end of the day, this is this is fits right into the safer that we're learning from the beginning. At the end of the day, we can't look at we can't can't look. We could look at you know for you know at what point will our actions match the others and so and, and such, right? But we can't look at everybody else and say, if I was like this, you know, if I was only like a Tana, if I was only like an Amora, if I only grew up with, you know, with a from education, if I only was able to learn earlier, I only had better feeling for language. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created us exactly to be able to fulfill the job that only we can. Right? I think the, uh, I think I mentioned, Lubavitcher Rebbe said this, and I saw a statement from Nachman also, I don't remember, that the day that a person is born is the day that HaKadosh Baruch Hu decided that the world couldn't exist without them. There has to be, there, ha- there has to be a shlemus, a shlemus to the world. And that means that there's, every person is needed, and there's a job for every single person. And if this person would be more educated, less educated, they would have been born differently at a different time, then they wouldn't be matched up to fulfill the job that they need to fulfill. So, you know, it's wonderful for a person to have ambitions, but if it leads to Yish, or if it leads to a place where a person, you know, feels badly about who they are, then they, they wouldn't be embracing, right? like the famous saying, if I'm I and you are you, then I'm I and you are you. But if I am you and you are me, then I am not me and you are not you. I'm sure it's better in Yiddish. I think it was the Kutzker. There's, there's a book from Rabbi Tversky that's called something like I Am I, and he puts this statement in the introductory page. But in any event, so he says, As we are, with the limbs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us, right? It's like every Hasidish story where, like, you know, they're davening, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's some kid that can't read, and then he's saying, Aleph Bey is in the back of the shul, and, you know, the Rebbe says, uh, that's more meaningful to a Kaddish Baruch Hu than everything. But, the, but, the, but the, the, there's, there's truth to these stories. Vakain habracha ha'achreina. You know, there's a there's a Mishnah. I think it's a Machlekes exactly how to learn the Mishnah. There's a Mishnah in the beginning of Peya, I guess. It says there's no shear to Peya, but anyway, the you know the the, the Rabbanon gave a shear. But it said hakolafi roiv ha'nava, etc., etc. I think there's a Machlekes. It says that at the end of the day. You know, there could be certain shear. There's a certain objective shearum, you know, that Rabbanon put in. But if, you know, how much does it cost you to live? You make, let's say it costs you a million dollars a year to live. Two million dollars a year to live. 
$3 million later, whatever you want to do, plus you have to put away for the future. If you make a billion dollars a year and you give Meister, that leaves you $900 million. You want to pat yourself on the back that you give Meister, you give a Chaimash, right? At the end of the day, you have to be reasonable also. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts you in a unique position, whether it's money or anything else, then your obligations are tailored to your station in life. And alternatively, you know, if you have a little bit, so then, you know, maybe Meister's not enough. Right? Maybe, maybe you should give more. Somebody comes to you and says, oh, I can only give you a dime. I happen to only, you know, somebody gave me a dollar, only give my... Whatever the circumstance is, at some point, a person has to evaluate what their obligations are according to their station in life. And like anything else, I'm sure that there are certain areas where you are above average in terms of your assets, abilities, capabilities, whatever it is, and your obligation is going to be that much greater than everybody else around you. And in certain cases, you might feel like you're not contributing enough, but you're not well suited for that. So, and he, he mentions, you know, this Lashem comes up in various places, and even the, the praise of the Malachim, but over there it doesn't mention Hayda. Why, why, why the Malachim does it not mention Hayda? You know why? Which is very interesting. I'm sure that we could think a lot about why that is. We're saying that over here, Hayda is so central. So obviously you'd say, well, listen, the Malachim obviously must give, in certain way, you know, higher degree of shira, of praise. You look in the Machzer by Yom Kippur, the praise, the Malachim, they're spitting fire. Who knows what they're doing over there? So if the focus of all Haydah, of all Shevach and Halal is Haydah, that comes earlier. So presumably the Malachim give the best Hodah. And he says, no, Hodah is only for humans. The Malachim don't have access to Hodah. And again, you know, in line with where we're thinking about that, I guess. You, you know, to the extent that Hoda is a certain attitude of Malachim, uh, there's certain, you know, Mamar Echazah, where they seem to have, yeah, they seem to have choice, but ultimately, Hoda is, uh, you know, Malachim are very lofty, but machines. They don't have access to Bechir or whatever it is. So if Hoda is a certain attitude, then, you know, there, there's something about the human element, in ter- I guess, Malach is designed as a machine, so then it's not entitlement, not entitlement, they're designed to do exactly what they're supposed to do, and they do it, and they're, you know, the idea of Hoda, Malachim don't have access to that. So it's a unique, it's uniquely within the human experience. So much so that since Adam, the whole world is created for Adam, the whole world, I guess you could say, is created for Hoda. This is so central to, to to who we are and to the rest of Avodah. It's, it's part of our literal Ikar Neshama. Um, so this is uh, this is it's enough for us to uh, it's enough to for us to mention this. The, the idea of Hakara, Satov, and the idea of Hoda. Um, and we, we stop over there.